Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for what is our last pod of the year, not just the year, but the academic year as well. Uh, we break at Christmas and then do lots of fantastic things after, and the pod kind of goes into hibernation for um, a couple of months and then comes back out in uh, next September. So for some of you who've been on the pod for two years, Ollie, yeah, this will be your last episode, but thankfully we've got some new people here to join in who hopefully might carry the uh, torch into 2024. Um, Usually we just pop around and we say, anybody got any highlights from their week? Um, I've got a really significant highlight, which I loved. It was one of my favourite things last week. Basketball. I loved the basketball on Saturday. I loved everything about it. So for those who don't know, Christ College played uh, Sir Thomas Rich. Sir Thomas Rich, you were very familiar with. Big, big school from Gloucester. Um, 1,200 pupils, mostly all boys. And they came over to play our basketball team, who've been training really, really hard with Mr Bradley and they put in a brilliant, brilliant performance. Ben, did yeah, you watch? It was great, honestly. They, they gelled really well, and I thought their performance was great. Yeah. Really fun to watch as well. Uh, anyone else going to see? Miss, you were there? Yeah, I was there watching. Yeah, it was great. Um, amazing from Jed. Mm. I was impressed with his performance. And great to see some of the girls playing against an all-boys team as well. Absolutely. And that, that's one thing I think is so special about that group, is that Mr Bradley's gelled together a really, really effective team, but not just a team full of boys, a team full of girls, and they work together so well. We'll talk a little bit about their results um, and the score a bit later. I won't spoil if they won or they lost, but for me, they were fantastic. They were my highlight of the week. There was another big game in the week as well, which must have been a highlight for somebody. Darcy? Yeah, so the girls had a spirit day against Landavray. Mm-hmm. We won, which we won 2 now. Yeah. Talk to me about the spirit day in general. It was a pretty good day, wasn't it? It wasn't. It was all about the hockey, but there was great stuff happening, wasn't there, around school? Really good feeling. Yes? No? Buzz? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Miss, did you feel a bit of a buzz? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the, the fact that the girls were so hyped up and ready for it was wonderful to watch, and to see them running out on the pitch was just brilliant for Women, men, sport Absolutely. in general. I should Fantastic. probably interject now and jump in. And if Ben McLean, who is a regular on the pod, is a little bit quiet today, it's because we're delighted, I should say, to have Miss McLean or Mrs McLean join us today. So Ben, I can already tell you you're quite subdued and not yourself. But don't let your memo show up. Oh, how are you? Okay? Well, try yeah. not to. Try not to. I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah, so it was awesome. That's well done. We'll talk a little bit more about the game and get into it a little bit more. But yeah, for me, that was fantastic. Um, just quickly going through other things which happened last week. The school badminton team um, had their traditional fixtures again against Lucton. This was the time it was home here. They were fab. They dominated that game. Really good result for Rannan. He played their best player. And apparently it was a really good game. And everyone came around to watch that one. Um, we'll talk about the basketball a bit later with the results. But I've already said how brilliant that was. Um, the senior boys football team, Tom, they've been kind of regularly playing against Senny Bridge. And... I know you went there on Wednesday, but they had a really good um, result. It was they lost two one, but it was a very very close game. Um, yeah. Any reports back for you from that? Did anyone say any changes? How 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 kind of those boys got on? 
Well, we got together at the beginning of this year and we didn't have the team last year. Yeah. And every week we've had a recurring game against Sandy Bridge and the boys have just kept progressing and getting better every week. And this week when they played Sandy Bridge again, missing a lot of year 13s because of the history trip to Poland. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there with a broken finger, but Tom James was there to lead it and he said that the boys played the best game of football they've had so far. Yeah, and I watched it all. It was excellent. And they're gelling. And again, it's not just about senior pupils in that group. It kind of goes through all the way down to some year tens as well playing, which is which is great. Um, and then oh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the rugby on Wednesday and the, the good result for the yeah. uh, for the boys a bit later. Um, individually, those of you who are aware, <coughs> Gethin O'Callaghan's been training with the England under 18s this week, um, which is fantastic. And also, Kean Epstein's regularly um, sailing on this Welsh sailing camps. I think he deserves a big shout out. Um, and for those of you who remember, there's two um, ex Christ College Brecon pupils. Um, or three actually, who have recently had the call up to train with the Wales under 20s, and that's Owen Conker, Dan Buffery, and Ewan Coyle. Did they? So all three of them have just had a big call up. Um, I knew, I knew, um, I knew Ewan Coyle and Owen did. Yeah, Buff's, Buff's been playing and training with them as well. So it's good, really good. So it shows that the progression happens when they leave. Yeah, well, Ewan's been, Ewan's been a really good at Bath recently. I mean, watching the games, he's been flying. He played against Cardiff on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And that was against another uh, CCB uh, old Brooklyn captain, James Roberts. Yeah, Roberts, yeah. Um, both of them had a stormer apparently, and Ewan scored two tries. So yeah, excellent. And it's really good to see, and I love seeing that people carrying on playing after they leave, um, which is great. Uh, lastly, then trainers of the week, um, senior girls hockey. Big shout out. I think they put a big shift in. Miss, what was the training like? Yeah, I think we were out together every day of the week, um, either on pitch or in the gym. Um, short corner practices definitely paid off because that's where both our goals came from and then match day was a a 7am start gym mobility and just what turned into a bit of a dance party hype (laughs) not really sure what it was but it definitely got them in the mood for the rest of the day what was the feeling like amongst the crowd on or the girls i mean the crowd the girls the squad before the games asked can you sum it up i think we're all a bit nervous like there wasn't we the game could have gone either way like we weren't going into the game thinking this is going to be an easy run. But yeah, it was just quite a lot of excitement. Like, good. Yeah, good nerves though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember speaking to you earlier in the day and you said you were a bit nervous and a couple of the guys were a bit nervous. Did the nerves stop as soon as the whistle started? Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah? And that's usually what happens, isn't it? Those nerves yeah. build. We talked about in the yeah. past, haven't we all? Those nerves kind of build pre-game, but as soon as that whistle goes... I find, I find as soon as you get out of the warm-up. As soon as you get after the warm, just start running about. It's yeah, it's all good then. Focus, game head on. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, um, right, very quickly, what we usually do is have a quick roundup of the. Um, oh, I should also mention Donald Wong. Yeah, I said basketball was fantastic. It's been brilliant all week. Donald Wong's been doing some excellent training um, in the gym for his basketball. He's prepping, he's in there constantly practicing, and that really showed um, in the result, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, right, roundup of club sport that's been happening very locally. Um, Premier League roundup. I've got two Arsenal fans sat in here now, so I'm sure you're going to pipe up and say how good it's been for Arsenal. Yeah, two points clear now, so. Well, you won the league, have you? Well, just about. Pretty much. <laughs> well, six months, we won it. Didn't you, when you were in this, uh, this instance last year? Though? Yeah, don't remind me, sir. Yeah, don't remind me. It's different this year. It's different, oh, is it? Yeah. It's different. Harlem, okay. lost the plot. Since he's let his hair down, he's lost the plot. So yeah, there were some good, good results, weren't there? Some interesting results. Um, Tom, Liverpool fan or Man United fan? 
I knew that. I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. How's it going for you? Brighton. Um, it's well, it's definitely a work in progress at Chelsea with a new owner and a new manager. Plenty of new players coming in. Two one win on the weekend. Players. Three two on the weekends. Eh? Three two was it against Brighton, who obviously are tough. The yeah, last yeah. Two years. So. Absolutely. So they're on the up. I'd yeah. say so. Give it a year or two. Give it a year. We'll be back. We'll see what's going on. Um, so yeah, Premier League was a really exciting week, um, and the results were awesome. Um, no Cardiff Met this weekend, Ben. We come every no, single week. They- to get a Cardiff Met update. I think they've been on their Christmas break, so they take a, a nice extended they're taking break, a break off. But they're probably still just scraping on to not being relegated. Yeah, which ba- is the battle continues. The ba- yeah, the battle continues into well, the Well, we look forward to seeing if they're there next year when we return with our pod in, uh, in September 2024. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully they'll be there. Um, local rugby has, again, not been very good. Uh, Cardiff lost to Scarlet. Scarlet have been shocking. Um, so they picked up one of their first wins of the season. And you've got Dragons lost to Lions, and then the Ospreys lost to uh, the Italian giant Benetton. So all Welsh regions not doing too well. Have you seen um, George North's move to uh, France? Yeah, it's but, the province. And I think what was really interesting is the fact that British and Irish Lions players are going to Division Two clubs in France. Why? Well, what do you think the big uh, denominator is there? Money. Oh <laughs> and I, I did actually see that they were going. They were second in the um, Div Two, so they're probably going up to top probably fourteen going. next year. Yeah. Certainly not for the Rosie, is it? Yeah, but that's, it's, it's nuts that they're, well, they're, the Welsh regions are a similar level to yeah. Div 2. And can afford to pay the same amount yeah. of wages to those players as well. Well, I'm sure you probably get more, more in France. Yeah, I should imagine he is. Um, but yeah, it's a bit sad for, for Welsh rugby that they're losing their top stars. But yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good point there. Um, so yeah, Welsh rugby still struggles and continues to, uh, to be in a really bad place. Okay, so results. Um, we'll do a quick roundup of our results. Darcy, hockey. Yeah, so, um, on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, our under 16 skills played Luckdown. Yeah. Which they won that by. They dominated that yeah. one as well, didn't they? Miss, were you there? You, yeah, you yeah, I was down the sideline. Good, yeah. good game. Yeah, really good team performance. Brilliant. Good yeah. to know. Um, and uh, the boys as well, they went to the regional qualifiers, didn't they? They did. The under 14s went yeah. up to Welshpool, placed third. Frustratingly, because it's top two to go through to not last bit of the national competition. So close. Um, yeah. But out of season, it's still a really, really good effort. Yeah, they haven't been training at all, have they? Yeah, yeah. captained by Finn Willis, ah. who I've heard was awesome on the day. Oh, that's good. Good for him. So, yeah, so definitely out of season. I know they're definitely looking forward to their hockey um, training and season starting after Christmas. Um, results, rugby on Wednesday on? Well, we played a. Uh, Better Silvera at home this week after a frustrating semi-final loss against Gower last week, which was a tough one I think for all of us to take. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had yeah, Gower at home then on um on Wednesday and beat them twenty fifteen. Silvera. Oh, Silvera, not Gower. Sorry. Yeah, it was a good game oh, as well. It was a great game. Yeah. Really gritty. Um, good good game for the team to kind of see out. Uh, I think as a captain, I'm sure you were very proud. Oh, it was, yeah, it was really really good seeing the team come together like that. At the end of the um, end of the season is very good. Good. But look forward to Bloxham now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about Bloxham and the games coming in a moment. Then we've got Clandovery this Friday. Darcy already talked about that, but how good was that feeling? Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. 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 Really enjoyed the game. Yeah, I think we one of our best performances this season. We're finally gelling as a team. Who was the quietest player on the pitch? On in terms of Christ College, who didn't have much to do. Annabelle. <laughs> I think that says the most. Important. Yeah. If our keeper's not having much to do, no. then it probably 
is a good indictment of how the game was going, wasn't it? And, yeah. and the dominance, I think, that Christ Call had. So well done there. Um, and then one of the best results, okay, unfortunately, they didn't quite win. But the basketball happened then on Saturday afternoon. Um, Christ College just losing 88-81 to 81 to Sir Thomas Rich. And they're a massive school, a huge, huge school. So for us to be able to put a good performance in like that was great. Um, ben, what have we got coming up? So on Wednesday, the boys rugby are playing blocks in school in the Elms Park. Yep. In rugby, so that'll be really good because I'll be able to get a supporters bus down and everyone can go down and support the boys on the big stage. Nice. On Saturday as well, there's a little blocks fixture against Dean Close School. That'll be really close as well because they're, I feel like they're quite close rivals. There's quite a lot of, a lot of spite between the two schools, obviously yep. all friendly. Um, that goes down to under 14s. Real. I think those two fixtures as well are the last fixtures of the term as well. So boys are playing down on the Arms Park on Wednesday, which is really quite a traditional fixture for us. At Christmas time, we generally go down to the Arms Park to play um, against a, a top English school. So we're really pleased that Bloxham are, are that school. And it's the first time we've ever played them in our history. And obviously Christ College history goes back a long way. And it's the first time we've played um, Bloxham. So it'll be a really good, entertaining match. And then we're finishing with uh, some kind of festive entertainment over at Dean Close, so I think they're going to put on a nice, uh, a nice show for us, and um, we're looking forward to that. Again, we don't play these schools very often, so it's an exciting fixture for sure. Um, and then lastly, there's one more fixture. Yeah, on, the, uh, on Saturday, there's actually a second 15 game against Cricket High School, so that should be really good as well. That'll be fun. As well as a, a first hockey game for the girls against Brecon Hockey Club. I think that's their third fixture against Brecon Hockey Club this season. Second. Lost one due to frozen pitch. <coughs> Lots so, of pitch, but hopefully yeah, they come away, with the, uh, the come away with the win. Fantastic. Good. So lots to look forward to, even with the close of the term getting really, really close now. Good stuff. Right. The moment you've all been waiting for. We're very, very pleased to have Mrs. McLean join us today. Um, and just like any other week, we've got special guests that come on to talk about their sport, their, the kind of their experience in sport. Um, but not only that, their journey into teaching and why they enjoy being a teacher so much. So, Miss, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's the quietest I've ever heard you. Terrified. So, there are some questions coming up, and um, none other than Master McLean is going to, uh, to ask the first one. <coughs> what inspired you to become a teacher, and how has your journey been so far? Uh, so, I come from a mum and a dad who are both teachers and uncles and aunts. Lots of people in my family taught. And I think I knew I wanted to be a teacher when I was about four or five, probably. I've never, ever wanted to do anything other than teach. Um, and for me, it's been kind of more of a vocation than a career, really, because it's something that I still love, even all these years later. So I would say my inspiration would have been my primary school teacher, who was called Angela Davis, who was amazing. She took me for three years and actually, interestingly, she was the first person who introduced me to the blessed game of Randers. And she realised that actually, despite not having much sporting prowess at all, I did have a really good batting hand and I was able to hit the ball. So maybe, she... Maybe, sorry to maybe that's where Ben McLean gets his excellent hockey handling skills with a stick. <laughs> Well, maybe. It could. Maybe not. inherited from Mum. Maybe not. You should thank Mum most yeah, more times than I. I think so. this should be a daily occurrence, I think, Ben. You should be 
absolutely loving the fact that your mum was so good at rounders that you've inherited her quality. And Brilliant. And that's probably true for a lot of us, isn't it? Yeah. Teachers who yeah. are teachers have been inspired through great passionate teachers themselves, which uh, which I can definitely throw my hat into the ring with that as well. Um, right, good stuff. Kat. Miss, growing up, did you have a passion for sport? Did it play an important part? And what were your favourite sports and why? Well, no, I wasn't particularly good at sport, Kata, actually. I, um, when I was in the secondary school, unfortunately, the reverse of having the inspirational teacher, I had a teacher who put me off, rather, because she liked to have uh, to teach children who were very able and very sporty, and I actually wasn't one of those, despite my amazing hand-eye coordination, which I've talked about. Uh, so my passion quickly dwindled, but I did find, interestingly, that I could push the hockey ball quite well, and she livened up when I started to play hockey, and so I really wanted to impress her and do well for her. Uh, did it have an important part? Yes, it did, really, because it enabled us. I grew up in, in uh, Aberdeer, where sport, particularly rugby, was really fundamental to people who lived there. Uh, and it did have an important part because I found myself quite quickly becoming a part of the social circle of the rugby and it really made a huge difference socially. My favourite sports definitely I would say when I was growing up I played netball, I played rounders but I was also quite a good swimmer um, and I liked it very much because I could just get into the water and just forget about whatever I needed to forget about for a good couple of lengths and then get out and feel better. I've got a question, Miss, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Jump in. So, having two lads, one sat next to me, one's left, how important did you think sport was for them then as they were growing up? If you think about your experience, experience yeah. in sport, did it, did, it, did it lean you the other way to, to make sure that they were around as many opportunities as possible? Or? Yeah, I think, that, I think both of the boys have been hugely motivated by their dad, actually, who is incredibly sporty and from the, from the get-go was really in, interested in, you know, enthusing them into sport. Um, and I think having seen the advantages that, you know, sport plays in different people's lives, we wanted them to be as involved as they could be. Um, and I feel that, you know, for both of them, they both have had such incredible opportunities presented to them that, yeah, I think, you know, and particularly as being a house parent to two of the lads who are sitting here as well, which is actually in some ways you get to see a lot more. I realised just how fundamental involvement in sport is for a healthy healthy balance, Yeah, really. absolutely. And I think Press Post does that really well, doesn't it? It's not just well. the sporting environment that we adopt, it's also the second curriculum ethos, yeah. isn't it? But being I think, involved in lots of, yeah. lots of things around school. Yeah, and I think the thing is that, you know, even though the sport team here are incredibly kind and involve me in um, as many sports as you, as you feel I'm able to, to partake in, but I think what we do brilliantly as a school is to include as many people as possible. And you see that on the sporting uh, staff, and you see it in the academic staff, where we are encouraged to be a part of sport, because what you see on the sports field is something completely different to what you see in the classroom. So when I hear Tom, when I hear Oliver talking about sport, I see something just lighter, which it mightn't if we're talking about something like economics or something else. You know, it's Absolutely. it's such a leveller. It's it is, just brilliant. It is, and it's that special kind of environment that everyone seems to feel so they can be part of as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Brilliant. Go on and ask, finish off. Um, what has been your best memory of CCB Sports so far? 
I've got loads actually, Darcy. I've been here for an awfully long time and I would say if I went back to 2012, the year that left in 2012, lots of the girls with whom I'm still really friendly with now, um, they, are, they were tremendous netballers and so to watch them play, I'm going back to pupils like Rosie Woodrow, Catherine Bush, Amy Bilbra, um, Heta Carthu, some of whom might be listening to the podcast possibly. The way that they played netball was sensational, absolutely phenomenal under the guidance of Lynn Weber. Um, but I think probably my best memory, my standout memory, would have to be the Principality Stadium. I think that was something special for, for all of us. It was incredible. Thank you, Miss McLean. So every guest that comes on to the pod has to kind of do the quick fire round and got to get Ben to ask you these questions. So as quick as you can, first thing that comes into your mind when Ben sets the questions off. Favourite sport? Favourite sport to play around us. Favourite sport to watch? Netball. Favourite food? Favourite food is steak and chips. Favourite athlete? Favourite athlete is Jessica Ennis Hill. Uh, Favourite sports team? Because it's yours, I really like Arsenal. But, 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 Valencia 1998 were pretty amazing as well. Favourite Olympic discipline? Definitely watching the diving from the high boards. Uh, Favourite sports venue? Camp Nou in Barcelona, which is incredible. Valencia Football Club in Valencia and I really like Wiz. Yeah, fair. Um, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Uh, the right answer. The right, answer. right, thank you for that, Mr. <coughs> so, this is the final pod, and every week when we've had the pod, we've talked about Ronaldo and Messi. I don't think there has been an episode that has gone by that we don't, haven't had this debate. Tom Boss Davis actually requested to come onto the pod today when he knew that we were going to be doing this debate. This is the big argument, and I feel like I might be getting backed into a corner here as well because I might be sticking up for the. Uh, the, the only person who, who's backing one of these athletes. But we're going to talk about Messi versus Ronaldo, or I like to put it, Ronaldo versus Messi. Because I think if you put Ronaldo first, it assumes a point of dominance over, uh, <laughs> over Messi. So we're going to start with that. This argument is not Messi-Ronaldo, it's Ronaldo-Messi. And we're going to kind of just go for some arguments for each of them, and then I thought it would be quite good at the end to have a little vote. On it. Now, I'm not expecting to change people's minds, but I think it's good that we look at both sides of the argument because it is a big argument. Um, it's a fun one to have, and I don't think that we'll solve it here, but I, I do think it will carry on for years and years afterwards. Um, so, kick us off, Tom, because I know you're a big Ronaldo fan. Um, <laughs> go for it. Give us some arguments for, uh, for Ronaldo first. Well, one of Ronaldo's main arguments to call him the greatest player of all time is his versatility. Ronaldo has excelled in multiple leagues, including the, the Premier League, the La Liga, the Serie A, and now in the Saudi Arabian League, showcasing his adaptability and success across different playing styles and environments. Uh, okay, so that's usually a good point that people always come back to, is, is that Ronaldo's done it in many leagues, Messi hasn't done it in very many at all. We'll come to that point in a minute, because I know you've got some bits. Right. Go for the next bit, Tom. Physical prowess of Ronaldo. I know this is, you're, hate, you're hating this. Well, to, to be fair, I don't deny as, a, as a, an athlete, Ronaldo clearly does win. You know, he's, he's, he's faster, he's stronger, he can jump higher. So he's a lot more athletic, isn't he? Can he can hit a ball harder. Yeah. But. But, yeah, and we'll come to the butts in a minute. Yep. Ben, let's go. What have we got? 
So Ronaldo's leadership qualities and ability to elevate the performance of those around him have been evident in various teams, including Portugal's national team. I think he took to a uh, to the Euro final, didn't he? Yeah, they won in 2016, which they won. So basically, that point there is just highlighting the fact that sometimes having a star player like him drags up the performances of, uh, of many, and I think we can probably all kind of experience that or have experienced that playing for inspirational players around us. Oh, what have we got? Last point for Ronaldo's argument. Well, he's always been really consistent, which I, I find quite impressive with Ronaldo, is that well, he's always able to just score loads of goals wherever he goes, especially now he's getting old in the Saudi Arabia League, he's still scoring really good goals. Yeah, he's still putting them in there, isn't he? Yeah, still. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, consistency in goal scoring. I know Tom, we're going to have a little chat about this now in a minute. <laughs> he's itching to go. But I think we can all probably agree, he's excellent athletes. Um, I've got two lads to my left. Mark just joined us late, but you know, yeah, hello. how back. how are you feeling about Ronaldo's attributes, Mark? Do you think they stand up? I think I think this is a load of waffle. I don't I don't think Ronaldo should even be considered against against Messi. I think that the it doesn't matter how athletic you are. It doesn't matter what you do in your career, how many clubs you play for, how many leagues you do it in. If you score less goals, you're worse. It's as simple as that. If you have less talent, you're worse. Well, I'll say that, Ronaldo has scored more goals than Messi has. Absolutely. <laughs> However, oh, in a, over a longer period of time. No, yeah, I agree. He has had more appearances to it. He has had more appearances, but maybe that's a testament to his longevity and the fact that he's more athletic and doesn't get injured. Um, before we get into this, before we get into this, arguments for Messi. Das, what we got? So, Messi's got quite an unmatched natural talent with his dribbling ability, close control and vision. They're often considered unparalleled. Yeah, I think if you've all seen Messi playing and you've all seen him watch his kind of silkiness when he's dribbling, I will say that that's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, unparalleled. His close ball control um, is, is outstanding. Kata, what about his loyalty? Yeah, talking about his loyalty and success at one club. Messi spent the majority of his career at Barcelona, achieving numerous of, um, records and trophies while maintaining an exceptional level of performance. Is that a strength or a weakness, you could argue? Is it the fact that he's only done it at one club, compared to Ronaldo doing it in many other clubs? Is that a strength? Is that a weakness? We'll find out in a minute. Jack, what we got? Yeah, so creativity and playmaking. I think Messi's ability to create opportunities for teammates, assisting goals and influencing the game beyond just scoring, really sets him aside. Um, yeah, it's almost unique, that he style is. of play. He really is unbelievable. In that yeah, sense. We don't, well, I've seen one person play like him, not only on TV, by the way. In, in, was it Owen Smythe in the midfield? It was not <laughs> Owen Smythe. I mean, That's a close second, I must say. <laughs> Dominating but, against anybody. But oh, if I'm going to mention Owen Smythe yeah. and Maradona in the same sentence, that might be the only time <laughs> they ever get He'll be loving that. Yeah. But Owen Smythe... To be compared to Maradona, but let's go. Let's not get there. But Maradona was very Messi-esque, wasn't he? I should, I should imagine you've seen the same clips as I have. Um, but yeah, his his kind of natural, creative playmaking abilities are, are outstanding. The South American flair. It might be that. Yes. And Ben, lastly, last point before we open this up to what could be absolute carnage in a minute. So um, I think it's pretty fair to say both of them are very consistent and Messi has consistently performed at an incredibly high level. This is multiple individual awards as well as recognitions throughout his career. He's, uh, he scores so much that he gets compared to clubs <laughs> yeah. in a calendar year. So he scored like 91 goals in, in his prime, which was what, 2014? 12. 12. Yeah. 12. 2012. And that's like compared to clubs across Europe. Didn't score as many as him. 
No. Club score less Every than a single player. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to start this one because I know people want to jump in. I'm going to go with my biggest argument for saying that Ronaldo is better than Messi is the fact that he consistently does it in a number of different clubs across Europe. And bearing in mind, it's not necessarily just the physical attributes that, that brings, but it's the mental toughness to be able to do that in different playing styles, to move your family, to move your career from place to place to place, and still be able to perform at the highest level. I think that is excellent. I'm not sure if Messi's done that as well. Anywhere that isn't the Prem, though, is a farmer's league. <laughs> no, I, I, think that's, I think that's a very fair point. I think the, the, the Messi prime thing with 91 goals, he was playing as Las Palmas in that, in that season. So like, it's a stat padding session. Every game is a stat padding session. So, what we say, the, 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 so, so therefore, the fact that they've got so many goals, or he's got so many goals, <coughs> the fact that he's playing really poor that he's, play, he's playing in really poor position in, a, like in a league it? where at that time football was uh, favoured the big teams against the little teams because they were of a significantly lower standard. So in comparison then, where was Ronaldo playing at the same time? At the same time in 2012, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Premier League. And are we saying that the Premier League, therefore, is a farmer's league or not a farmer's league? Well, in the Premier League, there is a significant amount of competition. There are mid-table clubs that can challenge the top six a lot. Yes. Absolutely. So therefore, more quality in that league would mean it's harder to score goals. Yeah. Tom. Oh, God. I just say on that? Before, before Ronaldo moved back to United, Messi had a better goal-scoring ratio against Premier League teams, despite never being in the Premier League, than Ronaldo. But he's not in the Premier League, but he's got a better ratio. From Champions League games. Against harder teams, I might add. Against top four, the top four Premier in the league, teams. compared to the 20, which includes a few who are shocking. So yeah. he, he can so do it on occasion then against the top teams. Well, no, he can do it on the big stage, sir, in the, the Champions League. League. Not on a Tuesday night in Stoke or whatever. <laughs> 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 I mean, you can do that Tuesday night in um, Kata, we haven't heard much from you, but I know you're passionate about your football. Um, I'm not going to ask you who you're going to fall on which side yet, but do you have an argument for both being good, or are you just totally for one over the other? I have to say that I was impressed about the performance of Messi at the World Cup um, last year, because um, I thought he's very old and... I thought he's not that good, but he was really good. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, Messi is just a present from the football god, but Ronaldo, that is like hard work. Ah, okay. So therefore, we go into the natural talent or ability over hard work, which is which carries more kudos or which actually gets you more points. Well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you worked hard or you got it naturally. If he's a better player, he's a better player. I'm gonna go back to. Number of trophies. Someone's going to come up with a stat in a minute and tell me who's won the most trophies out of them too. Tom? Um, individual trophies, it is Messi. So individual trophies, you're talking about which trophy in particular? Uh, well, I was putting them all together. Oh, okay. But we can talk about Ballon d'Ors if yeah. you want. Ballon d'Ors. For those Messi who don't know what the Ballon d'Or is, what is the Ballon d'Or? Ballon d'Or is the French journalist where uh, journalists from all over the world vote <coughs> on a player with a ranking system and players are allowed to vote as well. Yeah. And um, whoever gets most points gets given the Ballon d'Or. So it's widely recognised as the best player on the planet, isn't it? But it's that's not, not fair, because Messi won the trophy when he didn't win anything in that, in that season. Absolutely, and so that's a good point back, Kata. The only thing he won in that season was the World, World Cup. Yeah, but the year before, Lewandowski won every... Um, 
every trophy you can win with a um, club. Yeah. And Messi won the trophy. I know. It was, a, it was a crime. So it was yeah. this year. Absolutely. This year. So if you're talking about... So we might go into a different road now, but there were elements of or arguments to suggest that the whole process is a little bit corrupt. And as a result, does that lead to people getting the medals when they don't necessarily deserve them? But he did win the World Cup this year, Tom. I'll give him that. That's not a bad achievement. He did, and winning a World Cup is, is so major. It only happens every four years. To put in the performance he did in the World Cup, he may not ever get a chance at that again. He went there, he won it, he captained the team, he led the team, he scored goals. Yeah. He, he made assists, he really, really did carry it on his back. It's, even though it's only a four-week span, it, I, it really is deserved for him to be the best player in the world for that year. I think it's safe to say we know which side of the fence you fall on here, Tom. Um, you definitely are in the messy camp. I think what would be good, to, just for us to open it up now, before we do shoot off to the next section... Anybody else want to add anything to throw their weight behind this argument? Who is better? Mark, you've got anything that you might want. So I, I say, with, with the, uh, the stat-padding argument we had earlier, um, it applies to Ronaldo as well, which is why I ultimately fall on the Messi side. Because I think, I think Ronaldo was in the Liga for a very long time, uh, the, probably the peak of his career. And I think the quantity of goals per season from Man United to Real Madrid increased significantly, and uh, it's because of the quality of opposition in the Liga at that time. Yeah, it's just it's just because of that, and it's just because of how easy it was. You're right. I think it's important to remember that Ronaldo did play in Spain for a long time as well. I think I think ten years ago, even now, ten years ago, La Liga was the most prestigious league in the world. I personally believe. I think the Premier League has got a greater breadth and depth of um, competition, but I think I think all the players, especially in the last decade, who've you know, gone to La Liga because of that absolute prestige with um, El Clasico, basically. Or have they gone to La Liga or have they gone to Barcelona or Real well, Madrid? yeah. And That's true, but therefore Barcelona and Real Madrid aren't La Liga. But so it is Jude Bellingham stat padding at the moment? He will be, yeah. Do you think so? I think so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but even then, now you've got Atletico, you've got Sevilla, uh, and a few other clubs that are still challenging. A lot better. I'd a say it's more. a bit more prevalent now, isn't yeah. it? It's a bit more competitive than but, it was. But they, they both spent about the same amount of time at pretty much the same opposition, like level of, sorry, the same level of club. Yeah. Where, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, arguably the two best clubs in the world. So you can't really, like, it's not like one really stat padded more than the other. And if you look at the sort of, you know, the goal ratios, assist ratios of that period, Messi dominated. He does, he does. And I, that's a good argument. So both in their prime, Messi dominated. Maybe. Oh. Their early careers, Messi dominated. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one here? No, I, I, I've, I've always been Messi, so even though I'm a United fan, I've, I've always thought Messi better. Uh, right, Ben, <laughs> McLean, do you fall on? Which side do you fall on? Oh, Messi, 100%. I used to be a Ronaldo fan. Did you? Back in the day, I remember I used to, I've got this, this friend called Karis. I saw her phone and it had a Messi on the front. I was like, what are you Messi on the front for? And then she I'm, obviously, I've been changed. Yeah, well. I don't know why you've been changed. You should still be in the Ronaldo camp. I'm an epiphany. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to put my hand up and say I think that for his athleticism in combination with his football ability, Ronaldo is a better all-round athlete and footballer than Messi. No, athlete. That's, 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 that's different. Is There's it? a difference there. Is it? Do they go hand in hand? 
Well, athleticism is a component of footballing ability. You can't be one Therefore, the you can't just take it in isolation and say, oh, this is this better than this. Absolutely. Better, better no, 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 no. So, hang on a minute. So, you could probably quite easily look at every single aspect, therefore, component of football. For example, headers. That's not fair, he's little. But he, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair, he's little. <laughs> <laughs> you got that as an argument. <laughs> Tom? The, the one thing I want to say is, Ronaldo, obviously known as the best striker of all time, his best ever goal-scoring season is behind Messi's top six best ever goal-scoring wow. seasons. Okay. Someone who plays as... A, you know, he plays as a forward, but if you watch a game, you'll see him drop into the midfield deep, and yet he's still scoring this many goals. So he's still beating Ronaldo with his goal-scoring record, despite the fact that Ronaldo now not He's not just beating it, he's smashing it. That's key. Well, I'm not going to change my mind. You'll be shocked to hear. So I think Ronaldo is. Mark? Well, I'll rest my case. Rest Messi, my case. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Oh! <laughs> oh! oh! Messi. Darcy, you've been quiet with this. Do you not know? No. Sit in the middle, on the fence. Yeah. I don't really follow football. Miss McLean? Messi. Miss Hardman? Messi. Cata. Ronaldo. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, 100% Messi. Tom. Leo Messi. Ben. Messi. Well, on that note, it's safe to say that you're all wrong. <laughs> um, and as you get older, I'm sure you'll be more educated. But Cata, excellent answer. Well done. Ronaldo is the better athlete. But let's finish on this, I think. It's a nice way to finish on it. Yes, they're both outstanding. I think once in a generation... I don't think we'll ever see two players compete at the same level. Oh, I agree. Um, and, you know, Maradona was my parents' generation, if you like. Um, I didn't see him play live. I've had the pleasure of watching Ronaldo play live and I've seen Messi play live. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those tick box things. It's amazing to, uh, to do. So once in a generation, they're both fantastic players. And I've enjoyed very much the, uh, the debate and the kind of chat that we have about it. Mr Patterson, before I go, can I just say that I've so enjoyed the debate I've loved seeing people just come alive in this room talking about Messi or Ronaldo, and I think this podcast is fantastic. Ah, so thank you very much for that's having That's very me. kind, Miss. Thank you so much. Like and subscribe to the pod. Like yeah. and subscribe to the pod. <laughs> Last one for the year. Um, and before we go, actually, before we do jump off, we have to finish with our highlights, rockers and shockers of the week. Um, big shout out again. I know we talked about it a lot, but for me, rockers were the first 11 hockey team, so well done. Um, lots of pressure, okay, and that feeling of anxiety, etc., coming through. And I was really, really impressed with the way that you uh, you held that together and, and came out really dominantly against Clandovery. So great job, um, Ronnie O'Sullivan. He's had a really good week. He's the most um, won the most titles for uh, for snooker. Um, and I wanted to say as well. I think this is really important. Um, I think someone's had a really good week is Owen Farrell. Um, People might be thinking, oh, why? Why do you say that? Well, he's actually um, come out very bravely. Owen Farrell, obviously the England captain, um, has come out and said he's taking a break from international rugby. Um, unfortunately, because of all of the negative social media attention um, that he's had. So he's safeguarding himself, his family, his own mental health, 
and he's taking the big decision. It's got to be a massive decision now as well, hasn't it? To step away from captaining your country, the things most passionate about, to say enough's enough, and and hopefully that will make people stand up and realise that it's not not so healthy and not, not nice to hear all those things. Oh, thinking about it, England will be missing a lot of big players in the World Cup because if they're missing Owen Farrell as well, especially for a captain, they won't have Courtney Laws, who's their second go-to yeah. captain, really. So probably have to be Ellis Ellis Gemmes. So what you look at this is. As, a, as an opportunity that they're not going to be so good at in um, in the Six Nations? No, I don't think they won't be as good just because I think George Ford and Marcus Smith <coughs> are two yeah. equally good ter- uh, tens they can just sub in straight away. I think brave, brave, and I think you should be commended for, for doing that. Um, and hopefully it sends the right message out to everybody that abuse online is abhorrent and it's really not, no place in, in sport for anybody. Um, lastly, last one, Garnacho's goal. I'm going to give this to you, Mark. You know, Man, Man United do not get very many pr- much praise on this I mean, point. Listen, I, the, I've, seen, I've seen lots of slander, including from you, Jack. But um, there, there, there are, obviously, there are better overhead kick goals that have been scored in the past. Obviously. Obviously, Garnacho is not Ronaldo. Obviously, he's not the best player in the world. But give him a bit of credit. Give him, give him, give him, him the credit. goal. He's, on, he's, he's on, unbelievable. He's on, it, was a, it was an unbelievable goal. He's on the Rockers. For and the week, and I think it's given, it's given Man United a bit of confidence when they're really in a bit of a deep hole. I think um, they're still in that hole, unfortunately. Right, but yeah. fingers crossed, they have a good Christmas for you, Mark. Um, I know that's on your Christmas list. Um, shockers. I can't. Sorry, sir. I'll come off my high horse, and I will say that was a brilliant goal. Oh, that's nice. A bit of resolution at the end of the podcast. Excellent. Um, and lastly, I've just got to say, and I hope this gets fixed. Shockers. Um, the Commonwealth Games Committee, unfortunately, they're having a bit of a shocker. Uh, bit of sports news, but the Commonwealth Games at the moment is not going to be held in 2027 because the Gold Coast have just pulled out, um, Australia therefore pulled out from, from hosting it, so it's in danger. And um, Jack, I know that that's really important for athletes. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a benchmark that people look for Definitely. in between Olympics, um, especially yeah. for teams in the Commonwealth. So yeah, it's worrying, but I hope they get it sorted. Yeah, I hope so. Um, lastly, um, oh, the ref in the Man City game on the weekend. Yeah. Was he? Mm. Yeah. Why yeah. then? It's just sometimes you just think they're blind. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but it was fine because at the end, of the, at the end of it, it's quite funny. It's a good result for you though. A great result for me. Having Man City draw. And get oh, points. I was loving it. I, was really I, was, I could not believe it that I was shouting for Tottenham. I was. Oh. It was all. It was awful. Wow. I was shouting for them, and then simultaneously I was just thinking, "What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. So I'm cheering for being, Tottenham. Being an Arsenal fan, that must but, be yeah, really hard to do. Yeah. Right. Lastly, thank you so much. Um, personal thanks from me to. Uh, all the year 13s who've contributed to the pod, Ollie for two years, um, it's developed and it's really become something that I'm quite proud of and, and you should be proud of that as well because you've had a big part to play. Thank you to all the guests, thank you to the new guys who started this year, um, it's really been good, I really enjoy this, one of my favourite sessions of the week. Year 12s, I'm looking forward to you staying next year. Ben, will you be my man next year? I will be. Good man. <laughs> Dars, will you be here next year? Hopefully. Good, thank you. And I hope we'll have some of you guys coming through. Apart from that, happy Christmas to everybody. Happy and I hope Christmas. you have a lovely Christmas. holiday. Christmas. Thanks, guys.